Welcome to the Dementia Caregiver Talk Show, a podcast to help you navigate the senior care maze. Learn and laugh with us as we discuss creative solutions and ideas to common and uncommon dementia care challenges and how to make sense of the senior care industry and options even if you're not a professional. Hello and welcome to the Dementia Care Partner Talk Show. I'm here with Tipa Snow, Greg Phelps, and Joanne Westbrook, and we have a super interesting topic today, which I think you're going to get some actual advice and tips, and it's three skills and two strengths to avoid becoming the Lone Ranger. <laughs> so the... <laughs> How could we not do that? I mean, how can we not I do that? I had to. It was perfect. I was going to go, dum 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 the Lone Ranger. And here's the tricky thing about the Lone Ranger. It's really funny. Everybody says the Lone Ranger, but he had the horse and he had the sidekick. Tonto. Yeah, and hi-ho silver. And Tonto and silver, they were specific. I mean, that wasn't just like, you know, that'd be nice. It's like, no. No, no. I mean, there was Tonto. Everybody knows Tonto. He's that trusty sidekick, you know. So, and then we have Silver, who actually carried the load. You know, that was like that that heavy thing. So, I think you know what we want to stay away from is not if you're going to do the primary lifting, being careful that you have these other two partners with you, so that even if yeah, you're doing the hard work, you're not actually a lone ranger. I mean, so that's like. What we don't want is somebody getting to a place where they don't feel like they have any support for themselves. They don't have what they need to do this. So let's talk about what are three tips, what are three skills that you want to develop. Number one is finding someone who will be your support. Because if you think you can do this alone and you think you can see the other person's point of view and you think you'll be all able to do this 24 seven by the end of this disease, you're making a mistake. So you've got to build your support in when you don't need support. So you'll have somebody next to you who can sometimes take a step away and say, I'm wondering whether that's actually what happened or not, because they have a different perspective than you do. If you're doing something, they can watch. If they're doing something, you can watch. So now you have different ways of trying things out because you have a partner. So that person you find to support you needs to be a partner for you, not somebody you boss around, but an equal. That's a little different than the Lone Ranger. Um, you guys aren't the same, but you can trade places if need be. Um, you could take turns. You, one of you could take a break while the other one does something. So you've got to have somebody you trust, somebody that's building skills alongside you. How early in the progression should we try and find our Tonto or our Silver Hunt? Yeah, sort of before you think you need it. That's the tricky part. So you have to make yourself do this before you actually need it. Because if you need somebody, you're less likely to go get somebody because you don't have the time or the energy or the focus to go do that because you're already in a need state. So we want to do it well before we even get, why don't we just have somebody in our life? Like, for instance, we talk about wanting a healthcare power of attorney for someone living with dementia. How many of us have actually designated that person? who would be our decision maker should we not be able? And have we had that conversation with them about what's important to us? Because that's an ideal place to look for somebody who might end up being a good partner for you. 
because you guys are talking things through. You're developing a relationship of trust. So looking in under bushels and in baskets and, and taking a look around when you're not desperate it always works better than trying to find something when you're desperate. Like you're late for an appointment and you can't find the car keys. Is that a good time to be looking for car keys? Because you know, then you're yelling, where did you put my keys? And it's like, I didn't have your keys. Well, you, somebody moved them and they were right. You can't think when you're desperate. And so that's why, Greg, when you say, you know, when, it's like before you need it. So why don't should we, we for ourselves? Should we try and engage a family member mm -hmm. to be our, our care provider mm -hmm. partner? Or should we think outside the box and look maybe at establishing a professional contact with somebody? Ah, what's the advantage of professional versus somebody very similar to you? Well, a professional in theory would have some training. Oh, okay. So they might have some training. What else would be different? Well, they wouldn't have the history, which could make it a bit of a challenge. Okay, so there's, there's going to be a difference in history, relationship of you and that person, but also you, that person and the person living with dementia, possibly. What else? Well, professional care can be quite pricey, but sometimes it can be very worth it. You know, the good things in life you have to pay for. Yeah, so sometimes a professional might actually charge, but you might find professionals who, who don't. You might find advocacy groups or, or groups that actually provide some service to start with anyway to see. Um, what's different about somebody not in the system versus somebody just in the system and familiar with you and the other person in even a, like, not an immediate family, but a distant family? What else might be different there? Well, they, they might come in and be a little more objective because I'm, I'm going to carry all of my emotions. If, if mom and dad weren't nice to me, I yeah. might not be nice to them. Right. So you said history, but there's a little more to it. It's sort of like, what's my perspective? What's my point of view? And professionals frequently have a different point of view. And so they support me differently. Um, so might I want to? Maybe or might one of them not work out? I guess the question for me, if you knock on the door with family and you're not getting what you need, look elsewhere. I mean, if, and if you don't actually have a good relationship with family, why would you go there for support? I mean, you're making your job extra hard. So that's, that's tip number one, is get support for you. The second that I have is to avoid being a lone ranger, consider asking questions rather than making statements. So get comfortable with the idea of asking for input, asking people to give you what they think, what they feel, what did they notice. Really engaging others, the person living with dementia, other people around, in asking some questions. And when they tell you something, share back what you thought you heard them say so that you're actually working with them, not telling them what you think. And you're actually taking in data because you're getting more data. You have more to work with. And it's not, you can choose to use or not use that, but by being willing to ask questions, it keeps you from being bossy and it gets you out of that lone ranger mode. Um, I don't know better than anybody. I'm doing my best. Well, so is everybody else. So, so tell me a little bit, Greg. So I'm wondering when you're with mom, do you see a difference in her language or is it the same from like last year? It, it calls on the care partner to be a bit of a detective as well. Yeah. Uh, especially a professional 
would be looking for obvious signs. A family member might be looking for emotional things that have changed. So the, the, it could be different perspectives. Yeah, so it allows me, instead of being a Lone Ranger, I'm actually building a team. I'm actually getting people interested in, and curious enough to also start paying attention and noticing things. And even if they didn't yet, now they might be prepped up and it keeps me from then being the only one who's seeing things, only one who's picking up on things. And, and then everybody's against me. And it's like, well, oh, I'm actually, I'm actually asking you, I'm choosing to ask questions. I'm choosing to be curious. So that's, that's tip number two. One, yeah. other, one other thing, too, that I noticed uh, going through this process is that sometimes when you bring somebody else in, and this became a real issue for, for me and for my um, niece, is that they are just immediately perk up. They're perfect. They don't need help. I don't need anybody in the house. And when you have to get assessed, then they're declined. Because she doesn't need any help. And then when she leaves, she becomes the other person. <laughs> okay, so in order to not be a Lone Ranger, what it means is the person living with dementia. When I bring in others, and there's a real value, making myself find people to be with that individual, making myself get out of my comfort zone and bringing others in. Because what that's going to allow me to do is really take a look at how my person changes depending on setting and people and situations so that I'm not the only one who is, who's going to be doing everything. I'm actually trying to create something that over time will support that person and support me because what that says is, wow, your sister is really different when she has new people. Yeah. Huh? Well then if I don't want to be a lone ranger, I've got to keep arranging for her to have new people coming into her life because she actually does better for short windows of time when there's new people. So as a lone ranger, I need to be always looking outward not just asking questions, but looking around for what what is different with this person and how do I get get what they need for them? So it's not me. It's not about me. It's these other things that could be helpful for their journey, yeah. which means it's not about me. It's about what does she need? Well, she needs different people, which make her look great. But then I've got to figure out how is how are my partner and I going to help manage this because she is different when other people are around. Right. On a real interesting phenomenon, didn't you, Joanne? Where yeah. um, all of a sudden the person living with dementia, they meet somebody new and that they, they're chit-chatting away and, and you know, you, you walk away from it and you're going, you're just stunned that all of a sudden there was a different person there. Huh. How, how does that happen? Yeah, and so what happens is when something unusual happens, different parts of the brain wake up. When we're with the familiar, Brains can't do that quick fire up that it can do because what's the point of it? I mean, I know you. It's the same old, same old. Shut up. I know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. And so if we're trying to move out of that Lone Ranger thing, I've got to get that, that huh, wow, that was different. Uh, so how can I use that to help support that person? So you're not, you're not directing the care. You're providing the supportive care. So that third tip is really staying in a support mode rather than a direct mode. Mm -hmm. And that's tough. It is so hard when you just want it to be right. 
and you want to point out all the little problems. And instead, you're going, okay, so what's working? Well, what's working is she does better with a different person for at least part of the day. What part of the day? Oh, here. Okay, so that's when I want that person around. I don't want the person around here because it doesn't help her and it makes my life miserable. So recognizing that keeps us from being a lone ranger, but what's our habit? What are some habits we're going to have to be careful of? And there tend to be two. It's what do I like, want, and need? And I tend to take what I like, want, and need and apply it to the other person because I know best for them. And it's really hard to pull back from that. That is probably one of the hardest things to do. And the other one is to do it before I need it. That habit of waiting until I need. I'll just, you know what, I'm just going to, I don't have time right now. That idea of I don't have time right now, it's like, well, do you think when dementia gets more progressed, you'll have more time if you're the only one? I'm not sure that makes sense. So those are my tips. What do you guys think? Positive Approach to Care does offer uh, an online care support series and gives a date on this at the end of the program. Uh Obviously, you've given three tips today. How many tips would there be? I mean, you're the fountain of knowledge. (laughs) I don't know. Where are you in the condition? Because that's the tricky part is we'll need new tips and new knowledge and new skill. Every time this thing shifts, we're going to need something new. And that's why we want to not do the Lone Ranger thing. And it's so important to have people notice with us things aren't changing we need something different it's a different transition here and that's what that support series is about recognizing this is a long haul um how do you get what you need when you need it before you actually need it so yeah that's one of those things we do offer yeah and joanne and i have been attending it and i do have to honestly say it is wonderful it's a it's a great blend of getting knowledge but and learning, but also connecting with other people who are going through similar things. So it's social and leaves actionable tips in yeah. itself. And it's nice because it's online. So it's you know, I personally think it's an absolutely wonderful resource for anybody going, you know, for anybody yeah. on this journey. Yeah, so what's cool about it is you can do your hour but you don't have to go somewhere to get to it and you don't have to go somewhere else to come back from it. So you've got that hour. It's just one rather than possibly two or three or, you know, fitting it in. And so we have it repeatedly over a course of a year because of course, after a course, after a course, we actually have some of our consultants our certified consultants who are, who are taking this on and doing it in person. And we have another option, which is a modified version, where a group of people could get together at one end and we could have a skilled facilitator running it for a group of people because we realize different people have different needs. Um, but it's one thing to be emotionally supported. It's another to be intellectually supported and physically supported. And that's what makes a difference, we think. I also find that a lot of the people that are involved in this um, don't feel alone anymore and they feel like that partner this new virtual partner to them has become so emotional and they're telling them things they're experiencing and now it's it makes it calms them down yeah 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 
So no Lone Rangers on that session. No. <laughs> and ah. it's a wonderful resource. And, and we do have resources for, you know, just about everyone, you know, family care partners, professionals. We have certification trainings for positive approach to care. So what are those like, Tifa? So those are more in-depth. Those are ones you know you're, you're wanting to change the culture of care. You know you have other people in your world, in your life, that you think you could be helpful to. But rather than just tell them what to do, once again, our trainers, our certified PAC trainers, are people who learn how to use questions. So what did you think happened? Why do you think that happened? Well, what's that going to mean when you're working with so-and-so? Oh, okay, so what do you want to try this next time? They learn how to use a training cycle that's built on questions because trainers are not the doers of care. The doers of care are the ones that are being trained. And then we have coaches because once you get the basic knowledge, then you have to actually practice the skill till it becomes the new thing you do. And so it's that building that memory, that emotional memory, that physical memory, that, that speech memory pattern so that you have new synaptic connections and you'll be able to use them when you're in a situation where you want to use them, you need to use them, but ah, I can't think of them. That's what our coaches help people do is develop skill sets that they can use when they need them. And then we have consultants who help figure out very challenging situations for folks with them, not for them. By pulling the team together and helping us ask questions one another, looking at the environment and how time is being spent and what kind of activities or engagements are going on and who else is involved and what kind of health conditions and what type and form and progression of dementia. So we have those. And then most of all, I think the most important for me is how do people fill their days? And that's why we have a certification for engagement leader, people who are guiding, directing people to engage with others. How do you build a program that works? So those are two-day trainings, plus mentoring, plus follow-up, and you become part of the certified community because no Lone Rangers. Come and join and be part of this bigger culture change community. That is wonderful. And those happen throughout the year at different locations in the U.S. and Canada now, right? And the U.K. Halifax, and then there's one in Syracuse, New York, Seattle, Salt Lake City. Um, so, you know, I, I would... Boston. Everybody, oh yeah, Boston. You know, check out our website at www.tipasnow.com. Tifa, can you summarize what the three tips were? I've sort of made notes here. I had to get some supports before I need them. Uh, remain curious. And then the fourth one, or sorry, the third one, I was busy talking and probably didn't write that one down. So, you know, that's why we record these and play them back. Yeah. So the first one was look around, get yourself supported. The second one was to actually get curious and learn how to ask questions rather than make statements to everyone around, including the person living with dementia. So it sounds like you'd like to go outside rather than you can't go outside. We talked about that because it, it puts you in an adversarial, I'm the boss, kind of, I'm a lone ranger. And then the third is to actually build support for the other person. It may not be support for you, but what do they need to make things work well? Because if things are working well for them, guess what? They're going to be working better for you. So the third tip to not being a Lone Ranger is build a bigger support structure, not just for you, but for your person that you're trying to support. But be aware, not everybody's going to fit. So 
you may have to go elsewhere. And one final tip, we have a new website. Go to the right website. <laughs> That's a good idea. Yeah, tifasnow.com is a really important thing to know about if you're still looking for things that used to be somewhere else. And that website has a lot of great resource, resources that are worth uh, browsing through. So thank you yeah. so much, Tifa. I really appreciate it. Those are great actionable tips and takeaways for our audience. And uh, I think those are going to be really helpful. Thank you, Tifa and Joanne and Greg. I really appreciate it. And we hope to welcome you back at our next episode. Thanks, Bye. everybody. It was good talking with you. Bye. Bye-bye.